0: Welcome, everybody.
1: Hello, hello.
0: This is Drinking Community, a podcast where we go episode by episode through the TV show community while enjoying a few adult beverages along the way. I'm joined by my brewmastering wife, Ashley Kennard Short.
1: And I'm joined by my wonderful husband, Jared Short.
0: Tonight we are talking about the episode 13 from season 2, Celebrity Pharmacology Two, one, two. The episode originally aired on January 27th, 2011. It was directed by Fred Goss. The writers were Dan Harmon, Hilary Winston, and Dino gets a consultant credit on it. Mm. This wasn't a super highly rated, it's another one of those middle-of-the-road episodes where it just shows the community was such a good show that even the middle-of-the-road episodes are so good and so funny. And so different than pretty much everything else that is out there.
1: Yeah. did Do we have a lot of episodes directed by this particular director? Or the name doesn't sound quite as familiar I'm me? not
0: super familiar with it, no. I'm just going to read our buddy JGP3553 at Yahoo.com's synopsis because he does a really good job. Pierce bribes Annie into getting him a bigger role in the anti-drug play. Jeff gets in trouble when he sends a lewd text message from Britta's phone and Shirley rejects Chang's attempts to be friendly to her. Covers
1: it. Yeah. Solid. Concise.
0: And I think that's pretty much it.
1: Yeah, we had a pretty minimal um, director's commentary crew, so...
0: Yeah, not a lot going on. We had Chevy Chase... Um, Jim Rash, and the writer... Hillary Winston. Hillary Winston. Hey, Ashley, what are we drinking tonight? So, so we're drinking, drinking, drinking,
1: drinking, 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 drinking. Oh, Ashley's, Ashley's drink, drink corner, and I, and I can feel you. it rolling right, right, down, 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 or right, right on down, right on down my throat, and then... Tonight, we are drinking the Front Stinger. Uh, this is a take on a tequila cocktail called the Tequila Honeybee, for, I think, fairly obvious reasons, as we'll proceed on through our show notes. Um, so this one you are going to need a little splash of mescal, two ounces of tequila, about an ounce of honey syrup, or just a squeeze of honey if you got it, three quarters of an ounce of fresh lemon juice, and a couple dashes of ink store bitters. And so what you're going to do, you're going to do a mescal rinse in your glass so that you're just going to kind of put a little splash in it. Swirl it around a little bit and either dump it out or drink it, whatever you want. Uh, You just kind of want a little hint of that smoky mezcal flavor in there. You don't want a ton of smoky flavor. Um, Then you're going to put the next few ingredients, the tequila, honey, or honey syrup, which is just equal parts honey and water if you want to make it a little easier to mix. Um, But you don't have to do that. And the lemon juice in a shaker with some ice. You're going to shake that all up. And we poured ours over ice into a nice little cocktail glass. And then uh, you put your couple dashes of bitters on top of there. And I that's just the cocktail itself. I put a little bit of sparkling water on top of it because that's what we like to do to have a few beverages instead of one giant stiff cocktail. Uh, and then garnish with a lemon peel. And it's a pretty tasty little drink. If you don't like smoky things, you can skip the mezcal. I really enjoy it. If you use a reposado tequila or something a little bit nicer um, and then skip the... sparkling water or some other kind of mixer Um, that one is the reposado is a little bit more flavorful a little bit nicer tequila usually and that'll give you a little little more robust flavor but otherwise just pick your favorite tequila and go with it what do you think do you like it
0: i do like it i i wonder about when you mix stuff with honey do you have to shake it or is it better stirred how do, how does honey work
1: I'm glad you asked so I since so the that's kind of what the honey syrup is for you would do it just like a simple syrup you take equal parts honey and warm water or pretty hot water and then it melts it down and so you can just pour it like oh, a regular okay. liquid or what I did I just took a big spoonful of honey and put it in the bottom of the shaker with the tequila and then actually used the spoon to mix it until the honey oh. was kind of mixed up in the tequila and then added the rest of the ingredients and the ice. So as soon as you add ice or really cold stuff, it makes it harder to mix sugar
0: sure. into solution. More viscous.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So then so um, so yeah, so I, I mixed just the straight honey into the tequila with a spoon first and then then shook it on ice after it was nice and diluted. So thank you for asking. That was a...
0: On an unrelated note, kind of the Honey syrup that you talked about making, like you equal parts water, equal parts honey. Mm-hmm. Is that what they use for making um, mead?
1: Um, yeah, actually, it's. I don't know if it's equal parts. I think um, depending on they don't the, just
0: pour honey directly. I guess into the mix is what I'm.
1: I think they dilute it a little bit.
0: Side note, um, mead would have been a great drink oh, for this episode. Yeah, and, we've been talking about getting. Yeah, but or we should just get some mead. Great. Okay. Should we get on into the episode?
1: Let's get down in there.
0: Alright. Celebrity Pharmacology 212. I'm gonna to try to go through this scene by scene really quick. there's just a lot of scene changes and yeah. a Yeah, a lot of scene changes and a, a lot jammed into each scene, so gonna try okay. not to get bogged down by details. Great. So we open up in the study room with Troy and Abed, both in B costumes. Clearly rehearsing a play, I I think uh, Donald Glover is so good at his fake acting, acting <laughs> like we've seen it other times, and he's just so good at it that you immediately know that they're rehearsing for a play. Yep. We find out that Annie's directing and it's some sort of drug awareness play. Pierce is also dressed in a marijuana costume. <laughs> Shirley is a crayon for no reason that we ever determined. Yeah. They talk about it briefly in the commentary. They're like, why is she a crayon? Nobody knows. Oh, <laughs> man. Um, Jeff and Britt are in the background as cool cats. And, like, clearly loving their cool cat <laughs> outfits. But Jeff has to have his snide remarks the whole time. Like, oh, I wish I was getting flushed out of the toilet or something. Stupled.
1: Yeah. Or you can tell, like...
0: But he's standing in, like, such a cool way. And then even the writer, Hillary, said that uh, she, like, made him pose for a bunch of pictures in this outfit because, like, <laughs> he did look so good and he loved it in real life. Like,
1: Yeah. There, there's a couple, a couple good digs from Jim Rash and Hillary Winston about, like... Is it or actually I think Chubby got a couple in there too. Like, is that the character Jeff Winger, or is that something right. that Joel specifically just or, or are they just one and the same?
0: There's just a little bit of banter, nothing that important. Dean walks in with his Dean Dong. He's also in a B costume. He gives a little bit more context, talking about how the play is coming up and they've got a bunch of at risk youths that are gonna be at the play. Bunch of good lines. And then we get the full open. Still in the study room, no longer in costumes. Correct. Jeff and Britta are having kind of a f- little spat fight about how Britta doesn't like to flirt via text message. And Jeff just doesn't get it. Chang's trying to talk to Shirley. He
1: made her <laughs> mixtape. It's really sweet. He made her mixtape.
0: It is sweet. I just like how... <laughs> He, he walks in and he goes, not right now, but to, nobody's to nobody. talking to him. <laughs> Just to prove that Chang is crazy. Pierce is trying to get like a bigger part of the play. He's trying to convince Annie to give him a bigger part of the action. He's, of course, jealous of Jeff. No matter what happens, he's jealous of Jeff.
1: It's understandable. He's...
0: Yeah. Britta exits but leaves her phone. And Jeff sends a text message, a sexy text message to what he assumes is the man she's flirting with. We see we get to a scene where Annie's collecting aluminum cans, and is Pierce following her? Yeah, definitely. Pierce I think he
1: sees her pick up a can in the study room, and, and
0: then he's intrigued. So he's
1: maybe he's just going to like try to talk her into giving him more parts, but it just turns into him straight yeah, up following, following
0: her. her. Uh, we see her then depositing the cans at the can station, and then cut to Annie's apartment above Dildopolis. <laughs> Pierce shows up, and they have a back and forth. Annie reveals that her parents cut her off, and that she's living in a really shady apartment in a shady area above. And what did she call it? A uh, adult marital marital aid, aid store? store. Yeah. Pierce kind of starts flattering her and drawing some common ground between the two of them and then gives her money essentially right just writes her a check what I I kind of liked about this scene too is right after that Annie actually is the one who's like well maybe you should maybe you should say that line like Pierce didn't even initiate it he was kind of just doing a good thing and giving somebody who needed it some money and some help
1: are you sure? Because I thought the I, exact opposite. That I thought at first I got.
0: So I remembered specifically that she's the one who initiated that conversation, and then he was super quick to jump on it. Like, oh yeah, I will totally. And then maybe I'll do this. And maybe I'll do that. But she was the one who initiated. It. I think he was actually like faced away, walking out of the room. I'm pretty sure. Oh, I yeah. know. But yeah, I mean, we'll see a lot of Pierce being horrible in this episode. I guess maybe my desire to want to see Pierce doing a good thing without an ulterior motive is why I saw it that way, but
1: yeah, I agree
0: after the scene, we get the Pierce flashback that is very horribly sad and informative yeah. on Pierce, why he's as horrible as he is. He had a horrible father.
1: yeah, it was pretty it it doesn't necessarily excuse all the shitty things he no. does. But it definitely just it does give you some sympathy, and then it informs you on this is why you feel like you have to do things to get what you need in in life because you grew up getting shit on by by your dad a lot. So
0: the next scene we get, we are actually at the show backstage before the show. Uh, Pierce comes in with a rewritten script. And Annie kind of supports him. Jeff calls him out right away and says, he can't do that. But then Annie's like, no, we'll let him do it. And clearly she's feeling some obligation for taking his money. We cut to the Dean introducing the play. I've heard about the Dean's introduction before. And they talked about it a little bit on the commentary where he did his own improvisation on the stage. And I think you can actually hear it in the background a little bit. while the other characters are talking. Yeah, they said it in the commentary. Um, I would love to just see that, so (laughs) I I wish there was that footage somewhere. Quickly, Shirley is still ignoring Chang. He's trying to talk to her. We find out uh, Jeff's text message actually went to Britta's nephew and not the guy she was trying to flirt with. Her nephew's at the show, so Jeff has a pretty funny little one-sided dialogue. If that is a real thing with Abed, where Abed is just not giving him anything, <laughs> and he he tries to include Abed in his guilt.
1: Yeah, he was part of the whole thing. but right. Abed very very immediately voiced his his opinion that it was a bad idea and never should. Originally, yes.
0: Yeah. Uh, Shirley confesses that she's actually embarrassed by Chang and the things that he does. His antics. And we cut to the actual play itself. Poorly written. I think we've all been to these types of assemblies. Anti-drug assemblies. With varying degrees of success. Pierce, because he has rewritten some lines, turns out to kind of be a hero to the kids. (laughs) And...
1: Yeah, just total, like... Elementary humor, just yes, his, heart jokes.
0: And... <laughs> his elementary humor exactly is working for him in this spot and really getting him the adulation that he craves. All the kids love him, even though he is playing the part of drugs, <laughs> which is not necessarily a good thing. They try to get rid of Pierce. It's actually in the play that he gets flushed down the toilet at some point, but... The kids want drugs back, so because they all had baseballs, uh, baseballs start getting thrown and bad things start happening until Pierce comes back and they all cheer for drugs. There's an intermission when we go backstage. Pierce kind of reveals that he bought his way into script control. You can hear the kids chanting in the background, we want drugs. The dean kind of comes in and advises everybody of the situation, like breaks it down for everybody.
1: Yeah, we gotta we gotta clean this mess up here, and also steals the
0: steals picture of the Jeff. picture of Jeff Winger <laughs> in his cat costume. <laughs> Dreams coming true. Pierce leaves at this point because he's so outvoted. He
1: gets fired, right? And yeah, firing. and he
0: fires him. Pierce just walks out. Everybody else gets mad at Annie. Seems a little bit flimsy. Like she was the one in like desperate need here, and so she did kind of sell out her message. I get that. Yeah,
1: nobody was really into the whole thing to begin with, but because it was from this total pure-hearted place that they, you know, they're like, fine, we'll go along with it. Oh, but he just gets to write you a check and do whatever the hell he wants. So I think that's why they got frustrated, and she caved on her.
0: Fair enough. Ethics. Maybe, maybe I just tend to be more on Annie's side than I should be. But Chang steps up and takes over the drug part, comes back out. The kids are like, you're not drugs, but Chang, he, he is drugs, he's crazy drugs. And what we kind of find out, the whole point, I guess if there's a point, is that dependency is the actual issue once you start depending on your fun character drugs to be there turns out that drugs are really bad
1: yeah it was like the most realistic way to twist that yeah. and actually teach the kids a really good lesson like yeah it's all fun and games until until crazy change shows up or whatever he yeah says. <laughs> yeah so yeah that was a really good life lesson yep
0: yeah, so it kind of worked out in the end the kids get the message and they beat up chang so that I don't know. That works out for me.
1: Dean tells Annie that she's a genius because he thought that was the point the whole time.
0: The Dean is very uh, into how it ended. Uh, Jeff at this point confronts Britta's nephew and nephew's going to play cool, (laughs) but it's going to come at a price. (laughs) Shirley decides that Chang was actually brave and kind of tells him that a little bit of um, mending fences, or... I don't know. She's not as embarrassed by Chang, I guess, at this point.
1: He does a good thing.
0: Pierce and Chang have a moment here at the end, kind of a wrap-up moment, where they they have the conversation. Pierce is still willing to give Annie money, but she says no, because dependency is the issue. If I transfer my depend- dependency to you then I'll still be uh, beholden to you, and I'll still have so.
1: So just like drugs. Just like drugs. Dependency is the issue, not the other stuff going on. Yeah. Hmm. I like that. I like those parallels.
0: Yeah, it seems kind of like a good message. Yeah. I'd say most community episodes, you you kind of have to struggle to pull a good message out of them. That's <laughs> just, they're humorous, and... Great, and of course there are characters that we love, but not a lot of like great messages that yeah. I think you need to care about.
1: And I think on the flip side, there's a lot in other sitcoms and other shows the the A, B, and sometimes C storylines. Some of them are so painfully clearly parallels of each other. Yeah. Like, all right, this is the real life situation the yeah. main character is going through, and then this ridiculous B or C plot line is clearly the same thing they're going through um, in a really ridiculous way. So the fact that they did that, like, very nice direct parallel yeah. that isn't so obvious and so, like... I
0: wonder how much credit we give the writers versus the directors in this episode because you're right, it is very subtle. We're like, I watch Yar ER and it's like, it's so obvious that it's like, oh, well, I'm struggling with this in my personal life, and I'm dealing with, I have to deal with it because it's happening in... My work life, okay. Yep. Seems a little suspicious, but yeah, for sure. The closing scene we get is Annie in bed and we hear <laughs> we hear a full Dildopolis ad.
1: And at two in the morning, they're just at yelling at out Two in the morning, that was. The streets.
0: It was also another goof because her alarm clock says one twenty, but he says um, two in the morning in the, in his announcement. And they don't even close on President's Day. They never close here at Dildonopolis.
1: Yep. People gotta get their does.
0: Douze?
1: Dildos.
0: Dill oh does, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I <laughs> It never hurt funny. <laughs> I you just must have the lingo down better than me when it comes to marital aid products. <laughs> oh, Gotta get my dough on. Cross. <laughs> <laughs> um. Who are you guys sitting for doughs? Do they need a dough? <laughs> I get, one of the- Hey guys, we're going to have a fun <laughs> week and I brought a bunch of extra doughs. <laughs> <laughs>
1: So we're going to be singing, like, Do-Re-Mi-Fa-So-La-Ti-Do.
0: No hole. Double We'll be free of a do this weekend.
1: That was, uh, towards the end, when they're going through this, the director's commentary was saying how they were, like, kind of imagining it, like the, like the Costco of, of like, <laughs> yeah, dildo stores. It was like giant carts. Yes, yeah, big old carts, and like, oh, man, we can't shoot this. Like, there, there's no angle we could shoot dildopolis from and not get a straight up dildo if we actually do want to put this scene together. There's a
0: there's an office episode where they film in a sex shop and oh. it's just everything is blurred out. <laughs> <laughs> and so like Steve Carell is like pointing at things on the wall and just the entire wall blurry. is blurry. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's really funny. Dildopolis.
0: Yeah. So that's how it ends. You got a deep dive for us, Ashley? Deep dive. Deep dive on does?
1: in retrospect that would have been that would have been funny um, it just reminded me of the the dare program we had to do in like sure fifth sixth grade or something where an actual officer came into our junior high-ish kind of class and talked to us about not I doing remember grade droids. school yeah anyway so if anybody's too young I don't know if it's still an ongoing program, but so it's the Drug drug Abuse Resistance Education, and they just kind of advocate against drugs, gangs, and general violence. It was actually, and there was a handful of little, like, um, skits you would have to do, I remember we had to do, and I remember once, actually something I really remember from my grade school years was the class ahead of us had to put on, like, a like a little show for the younger grade and had like a whole song and for some reason I've just always remembered that and I think mm. I don't know why but it was uh, that has stuck with me all these years. In like 2001 the Surgeon General like just stated it as a completely ineffective program and um so I think So the, I remember it. Yeah it was- I, I mean, I know a lot of people who proceeded to use plenty of drugs in their later years. Well, okay, not plenty, but it isn't one. <laughs> it's as effective as you can expect anything to be when you talk to young children about about things they're not supposed to do. But, yeah, I think maybe that's a little more realistic. They told us some real-life stories, and maybe better than this interesting little little skit that Annie put on. But, yeah, that's all. I do like that Annie's motive for it is that she, maybe if she got something like that, she wouldn't have turned into sure. little Annie Adderall, and she would have maybe kind of got, she seems like a pretty by-the-book, rule-abiding citizen, so, yeah, maybe that's what, just what she missed in life, was somebody telling her that drugs are bad, okay? Hey, Jay. Hey,
0: Ashley. what's your favorite favorite quote it's your favorite quote what'd
1: you think about that it's your favorite favorite quote quote. you go first
0: no you go first okay I'll go
1: first
0: (laughs) I'm just kidding you go first no 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 I want you to go first I want you to go first are you sure?
1: I wish I had seen a show like this when I was younger. It might have helped me avoid my mistakes. Well, we're happy to do this for you, Annie. But I have to say, my school had plenty of shows like this, and I think sitting through them drove me to drugs. You don't count, Britta. You don't respond to anything appropriately. Thank you. So I just think this one's funny because Britta's so complimented by Annie's kind of diss on her. Yeah. Which, like Annie is very like type A, like by the book, again rule-abiding citizen, and yeah. Britta, while well, she, like, wants to be, I don't know, she's, like, social justice and all this, but she's also just super She reacts brutal, to
0: things really inappropriate. inappropriately. <laughs>
1: yeah, I like it. How about you, Jared? What's your favorite quote?
0: So, play this. <sighs> Because that's not what drug does, baby. I'm going to deep fry your dog eat your mama's face. <laughs> and I'm going to wear your little brother's skin like pajamas.
1: I control your lives and there is nothing you can
0: do. I really liked this because I love me some Chang. This is a very Chang-heavy episode, which yeah. is great. I really like hearing from Chang. He's got a lot of my favorite quotes. He... Uh, I'm I'm pretty sure they said most of this was improvised too. Oh, <laughs> so like they just gave him a direction to go here, and he's such a funny guy that he came up with this. Brilliant actor, really funny.
1: And as Chevy Chase pointed out in the commentary, like, and he's an actual physician. So, yeah, like <laughs> these might be things he's seen in real life.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yep, actual physician.
1: And I do like with like with Chang in this episode. He's He's kind of being 100% good. It, like, he's trying to be a good dude, and...
0: He's certainly being partially crazy. But, yes, he's he's making an effort to be a good person.
1: Yeah, I think that's really nice. Good for you, Chang. We'll see if it lasts.
0: Do you have any questions? Ashley. Jared. Um, have you have you ever acted in school plays? Have you ever what's your level of performance in your life?
1: We used to do a lot of, in like grade school we'd do a lot of little I want to say like Christmas plays and stuff like that so we would have to either just recite lines for like the nativity scene and stuff like that. I can't remember who or what I was but I feel like I had some scenes in that. And I don't know I used to read stuff at church a lot, too, so I feel like that was a... felt like acting or performing. Actual proper play... oh, and there... yeah, there's a lot of musicals in my grade school, so mostly grade school musicals. That's... that's about it. How about you?
0: Well, I've seen you perform on stage for a couple thousand, Oh, <laughs> Oh! Hundreds of people! I forgot about 1500 that. 1,500 people multiple times.
1: Yeah, I, so our... Capital Brewery has a, a Bachfest, Fest, the release of our one of our late winter beers, Blonde Applebach We have a big, big old party. It's up to like 2,500, 3,000 people on the really big years. But um, we always have a really fun band who does mostly like 80s and 90s covers. Pretty good dance party. A few years back, they started letting me come and sing Journey's Don't Stop Believin' for one of their last songs and so that's that's been pretty fun so i guess that's performing in front of i mean i count it pretty big crowd and uh yeah i i just make sure i have a few beers ahead of time and i'm it's one of the few songs that i think i've done karaoke a few times but that i didn't need the words for so
0: absolutely so yeah
1: i suppose i have done that so jared my question is what is the i really like annie's sketchy apartment so what Have you ever lived in a really sketchy apartment or sketchy neighborhood or interesting area of town?
0: I guess I've lived in a few questionable neighborhoods. Uh, There was one apartment where me and my roommate, there were times when we would actually shut off whatever we were watching on TV to go sit on the front porch to just watch.
1: (laughs) Because that was more interesting than. (laughs) Watch
0: neighbor interaction because it was way more interesting. (laughs) than what we were going to find on cable that's fun do you have any final thoughts on the episode
1: kind of not related to specifically this episode but community in general that i've been really excited about the composer of the community oh yeah for sure um so ludwig gorensen who
0: is he became a household name for us recently and not community related even like we knew of him and had talked of him before yeah, but
1: I, I really like the sound. T- and I, again i've i've talked about some music and some other fun stuff and and actually just in the last episode in the christmas episode he right. was he had a lot of fun with it and then we just watched so if anybody's familiar with the mandalorian the new Disney series. I think we're the
0: only ones who've really discovered that Disney series. Yeah,
1: so if if you don't know what it is, it is um in the Star Wars universe. It's uh so it's on Disney Plus. Just kidding. I'm sure you've heard of it and or you know Baby Yoda. But so the composer of The Mandalorian is also the same composer of community series. So yeah. um they they have a whole kind of behind the scenes series on the making of the first Mandalorian season and they have a whole episode of just Just Ludwig Göransson, and he is a genius he's amazing he's he's...
0: really incredible the the instruments he uses to the things he does to get the sounds and the the feel and so I was talking with friends uh, our good buddy Jaren who used to do the editing for the podcast just the mandalorian soundtrack has been running through my head the last week and it just makes everything i do kind of badass and pretty epic like,
1: <laughs> like you're going on this massive journey like just i'm just letting the house <laughs> yeah i'm
0: just letting the dogs outside but i hear the
1: yeah so yeah so we we just recently watched that behind the scenes and i was i was so excited and amazed by like yeah this and is- it looks like
0: i found out on that on that show that we watched that he's done some other work with Don Glover
1: yeah they did some short films and stuff yeah. so I need to go back and watch those for now. sure I haven't done that yet but yeah I, I thought that was really like right after he was on the director's commentary for the for the last right. episode we covered and so it she was said, cool like, hearing from him. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty quiet
0: dude, I think.
1: Yeah. So he like first of all he's not like I I didn't really, I guess, have any idea of what I thought he would be, but he's just amazingly creative and smart and using massive soundboards of technology yeah, all just, the way down to just like these weird exotic instruments. Just like
0: Absolutely. And even like weirdly physically I expected something way different, but he's just like this. Seems to be relatively young hipster dude. He's
1: so much younger than I expected <laughs> yeah. him to be. Even Maybe just listening to a... him talk and the director's kind yeah. of like he just seems Put older together. and wiser than than he looks. As a, which, yeah, never judge a person by their age or whatever. For sure. But yeah, so I I thought that was really cool, and I was really impressed that yeah, like we we have this really kickass composer. Doing all the community
0: music. Not that Disney needs it, but go check out The Mandalorian and pay a special attention to the soundtrack. That's so...
1: I mean, Star Wars in general, the entire franchise, the music is so epic, uh, and, and that's, like, they kind of say it, and John Favreau says it, like, nobody has any beefs with the music in Star Wars. Yeah. like, people can argue about everything else. Yeah, for sure. But at the end of the day, the, the music is hands down just epic for every everything that they ever do so so yeah, so I, I thought that was really cool and kind of a little uh a little prop to the community to I don't know who brought him in, if it was Dan Harmon or who found it's, Ludwig Gorenson, but they, they found a, an amazing yeah, talented I winner. If
0: Donald Glover had something to do with that. Oh, yeah. And um just look at what what's happened to everybody in community, you know, outside of Outside of community, I mean, look at Dan Harmon has went on to make probably one of the most popular animated shows, yeah, that's ever. Certainly, hipster popular. Um, Allison Breeze. Allison Breeze been in everything. Donald Glover is somehow won the rap world and then came back to TV and has the best TV show ever. <laughs> Uh, everybody, it seems like, associated with the show has really done some amazing things. Joe McHale
1: just got to interview all the Tiger King people. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but, I mean, Joe McHale's done a ton of stuff. He's yeah. done a lot of acting. He's still incredibly handsome. He, he had his own Netflix show that was really funny. Uh, yeah.
1: Everybody's doing great. This is a, a great show that. There there's been a couple of things online that I think they're like trying to play with us and say that they're considering talking about a movie, but I, I think d- that I they're just like riding on a train. About it. No, yeah. Like I, I don't think it's real. But it's yeah, I mean between Whether or not it's real, I this is why I even yeah. talk about it. So if if you haven't checked out the Darkest Timeline podcast, Joel McHale and Ken Jung, um, they are They've got I don't know how many episodes now, but they're just hilarious. So it's part part COVID related, but also most chunks of it are very community very oriented. Community just talking about the their experience with it. Some really fun stories about. They get
0: other community actors. They
1: yeah a lot of guest guest people coming on and chatting with them. So that's a yeah community is still they're actually alive, a, uh, comedy
0: tour together. Oh no kidding! Yeah. I didn't know
1: that. Fun. Yeah, so those guys are keeping the dream alive, keeping... So yeah, so it's not just people like us doing podcasts about community. We're, you know, we even got some of the main characters still still talking about it via sure. podcast today. We really appreciate everybody listening to us. If you would like to shoot us some questions, tell us how you think we're doing. And we will give you a shout out. Anybody who does shoot us some questions and... We read them on our next podcasts. We have some cool stickers and maybe some other fun stuff in the future to send out to you. So you can get a hold of us with those questions either by emailing us at dicpod at gmail.com you can head over to our Facebook page to check out. uh, We usually try to do episode release announcements, other fun stuff. Eventually we will have some drink recipes starting to get posted on there. So that's facebook.com slash drinking and community. Twitter, DIC podcast is our handle. Instagram, we try to post a lot of pictures of not only our awesome beverages that we put together for the show, but also our dogs that you might hear once in a while in the background. If so, if you like furry animals, check that out. We are drinking in community on the gram. And go on over to just dicpodcast.com. That will give you some links to all of those things. Or if you would like to submit some questions right on there, there is a nice little message form that you can just click on there and send it through us to through to us right through our website. Um, and other than that, the we do have a Reddit. our backslash drinking and community little thread going so anything you'd like to give us a holler over there and in general just remember to tell your friends about this awesome show tell them to watch it you can watch on hulu and netflix now so it's more accessible than ever and we love it
0: yeah the next episode is not on netflix but we will still be covering it
1: yeah, so we will probably we will cover that next episode, but you might have to pay a couple dollars to rent it off of Hulu if you don't already have a Hulu subscription. But other than that, that's all we got. So all of you communarians,
0: Commutites.
1: communion, I
0: don't know. <laughs> <laughs> communion takers <laughs>
1: <laughs> I like that one human, human beings. beings thanks so much guys we'll check you next time
0: hey guys we have fun and vibe during our recording sessions but addiction is a problem that many face on a day to day basis please take time to have a real conversation with yourself about your substance use we've both lost friends and loved ones to addiction and don't want you on that list take care of yourself and your community